Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. As we were worshiping, I was thinking about how we stand in expectation. We have an expectation when we gather in God's house that he's going to move. And sometimes we feel like as people, like are people placing too much expectation on us? I don't believe we can ever place too much expectation on God. And he's never going to complain about us placing too much expectation on him. Because he's a God who's fully capable, a God who is ready to move, and he's going to move tonight through our message time and altar response time. And then when it's all done, we're going to have some tacos, all right? We're going to have tacos. It's all ready. Tonight we have a special guest, a guest couple who's going to lead us in the word and then in a time of responding. And we're just believing that God is going to move tonight. Uh, God is using Peter and Mildred DeJesus uh, out of their home base in North Texas and using them all over the world. Peter has been a pastor and he's uh, an evangelist and he is an author and he's come to share the word with us tonight. They had a great morning in our Casa de Adoración service and now they're here with us in the sanctuary. And so would you please give your very best People's Church welcome to Peter DeJesus. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm here thankful to be in God's house tonight. Come on, how many remember what King David said? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If we could demonstrate our appreciation and our gratitude to the Lord that we're here tonight. Come on, can you put your hands together just one more time? Can you give him some praise? Come on, can you give him some glory? How about we do it to the level of the expectation that we have that he is going to move powerfully and mightily in our lives tonight. We're going to see his power on display. His glory will be manifested in this place and we will not leave the same way we came. What an honor it is to be here with you all at People's Church you know, Romans chapter 13 on the back end of verse 7 says to give honor to whom honor is due. And of course, before all and beyond all, we honor our heavenly father. We honor Jesus Christ, our elder brother. We honor the Holy Spirit, our best friend. Can I get an amen on that? And then we also thank God that Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 tells us that God has instituted some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints so that the body of Jesus Christ could be unified and mature under the headship of Jesus Christ and do the work of the ministry and reach many more souls and bring them into the family of God. And with that in mind, I just want to thank God for Pastor Tom 
Murray. I want to thank God for Pastor Menhivad. I want to thank God for your pastoral leadership. Can you give God thanks and praise and glory? Come on, for your pastors. Mildred and I honor you. We thank God for you. We appreciate you being who you are in Christ Jesus and doing what you do for Christ, for his kingdom, for God's family. Uh, we bring you greetings all the way from the Dallas, Texas area where Mildred and I are members of our great church family there, Trinity Church, led by our awesome pastors, Jim and Becky Hennessy. We greet you on their behalf. We also greet you on behalf of the leadership of the North Texas District, led by our great superintendent, Dr. Galen Clonch. We greet you on behalf of our children. And uh, even though I know Mildred, would you please stand? This is the glory of God in my life. We've been married for 26 years. Can you believe that? Some of you are looking at her and saying, that's not possible. She looks like she's 25. Well, actually, we've been married for 26 years, and uh, we're blessed to have three precious children and a son-in-law, and they got married last June, and this August, Mildred and I will be grandparents for the first time. Can somebody give God thanks, praise, and glory for the goodness of the Lord from generation to generation to generation God is good. And many times, God decides to show his greatest in the worst of our times. With that in mind, I want to invite you to please stand with me in reverence for the reading of God's word. And I want to invite you to go with me to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Now, I'm supposed to mention, because I failed to mention it earlier, so please forgive me for it. We do have some books available from our ministry. For any size donation you would like to give for the book, the book is called Revival Now, History is in the Making for the Next Great Awakening. And the message that I'm going to be sharing tonight is basically just scratching the surface of this message that God has deposited into our lives, imparted into our lives, impacted our lives, and what he has done to us, we've seen him do through us to hundreds of thousands of people without any exaggeration all over the nation and even into Latin America. And by the way, I know I don't look Latino. I tell people jokingly, that I look Anglo, I am Hispanic, but when I get stirred up and start preaching the word of the Lord, the brother from another mother comes out. <laughs> now please understand, understand, I was born in New York. My parents are from the island of Puerto Rico. My wife is from Puerto Rico. If you checked out our ancestry DNA results, you would see I've got 30% blood from Portugal, 30% blood from Spain, and a combined, listen to this, a combined 15% or more from Africa. Come on, somebody. How you like me now? And then I've got some Irish blood, and I even have 3% Jewish blood. Thank you, Jesus. 
I have learned that the kingdom of God is not about the color of our skin, but it is about the Holy Spirit that dwells within each and every one of us that call upon the glorious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're thankful to be part of a multi-ethnic, multicultural family in Christ Jesus, come on, where we celebrate every ethnicity, where we celebrate, come on, every language, where we celebrate every tribe, where we celebrate the fact that Jesus is the desire of all nations, somebody give them praise somebody give him glory and somebody say hey preacher calm down oh i'm gonna try to calm down pastor i only got 20 minutes left are you ready to read the word of the lord acts chapter one verse one and on says the former account i made O theophilus of all that jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now jump over to chapter 2, where it goes on to say in verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And with this sound, when it occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone had heard them speak in his own language. Jump over to verse 12 and look at what it says. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter... And you've got to imagine with a name like Peter de Jesus, that's my name. I love preaching from this text because I'm connected to this guy named Peter. He was a disciple of Jesus. 
And the last name, De Jesus, which is mine, literally means of Jesus. So bear with me while I connect with my namesake here. I love the fact that it says, but Peter standing up with the 11. And can I tell you tonight, you represent the 11. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you represent the 11. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, we represent the 11. It says they raised their voice. He raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days. Says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, somebody help me out, shall be saved. Now jump over to verse 37 where we're going to wrap up our reading, pray, take our seats and move forward. Verse 37 says, now, somebody shout now. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as Many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Can somebody give God praise for his word? Come on, can you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, according to your word, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter into your courts with praise. We boldly approach your throne of grace, not because of who we are in and of ourselves or anything we've done ourselves, but because of who Jesus is and what he did for us at Calvary some 2,000 years ago where his body was broken, his blood was spilled, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom bottom so that all of us would have access into your holiest of holies and we could approach your throne of grace and receive mercy and grace in our time of need and oh how we are now in a great time of need open our ears to hear what your holy spirit wants to say to your church Open our spiritual eyes to see the vision you want to portray to your children. And Lord, open our minds and our hearts to receive the incorruptible seed of your living and active word that is sharper than any double-edged sword, able to pierce and penetrate, dividing between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and rightly discerning the thoughts and the intentions of our heart so that we, Lord, not only would be informed tonight, 
So not only would we be inspired or have insights and illuminations into your holy word, but that we would be impacted. That you would impart into us more of your resurrection life. And this time, in Jesus' name, if you believe that prayer, if you unite with that prayer, you expect an answer to that prayer. Somebody say amen. And somebody put their hands together one more time for the Lord. Please be seated in God's presence. I, I've got about all of two minutes left. <laughs> Glory to God. Pastor, he gave me the wave, which meant take another 20. I hope. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see, Pastor. I'm going to look the other way right now. <laughs> Bear with me for about 20 more minutes. If I had to put a, a title to this message, and I have, it would be that it's time for revival now. Is there anyone here that would dare to believe that? In fact, another way for me to say it would be, history is in the making for the next great awakening. You might ask, why are you preaching this message here tonight? Uh, my answer would be first because it is a word that God has not just uh, shared with me, but a word that God has revolutionized my life with. How many know and remember that the book of Revelation says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. How many know that the blood of Jesus is powerful? It's all powerful. And at the same time, how many know that according to his word, based on what he said, your testimony is powerful. What God has done in your life is powerful. Powerful. Why? Because when people who know you, who knew you, and everything you went through become aware that despite it all, and that in spite of it all, God who is good and his mercy endures forever, decided by his grace and by his mercy to break into your life just when you felt you were on the verge of breaking down, they'll have no other choice but to recognize only God could do that for you. Only a loving heavenly father could do that for you. Only a faithful King Jesus who's resurrected can do that for you. Only a friend like the Holy Spirit can do that for you. If you believe it, give him praise and give him glory. But what, what testimony, what testimony? Somebody say, what testimony are you talking about? Thank you for asking. I'm talking about my own life. Pastor Tom and I, we were chatting just for a few moments in the green room, and, and he asked me, understandably so, he said, so what are you going to share tonight? And I told him, I'm just going to scratch the surface from this, this flagship message that God has given our, our lives and our ministry called Revival Now Histories in the Making for the Next Great Awakening. And I began to share with him that it, it was uh, somewhere around uh, 10 years ago. In fact, to be more exact, from 2008 to 2010, uh, there was literally an 18-month period where after short 
currently coming on staff at a great mega church called Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, Texas, led by one of the greatest pastors on planet Earth. Of course, I'm biased. Pastor John Hagee and his son, Pastor Matthew Hagee. We became the, come on, yeah, give God praise and give God glory for such a great man and a great family of God, right? And I became their youth pastor. And here I was thinking, wow, I made it, Pastor Tom. I thought I made it. I'm on staff at the mega church. I'm the youth pastor. And did you know that what awaited me was literally after shortly coming on staff, an 18 month season of fear that led to doubt, that led to confusion. Can I be real with you? That, that led to, thank you, thank you, sister, glory to God, that led to literal confusion, that led to anxiety, that led to panic attacks, that literally led to the loss of ability to sleep well and the loss of appetite to even want to eat, that led to the point of, of, of literally questioning myself, questioning my decisions. Was I supposed to come on staff at this church? Was I supposed to stay where I was at prior to coming to this church? It got to the point that literally I started having these strange numbing sensations all over my body. Went to the doctor several times and he told me it was due to high levels of stress, but it got worse. All of a sudden I found myself literally questioning the call of God on my life. I found myself questioning literally my relationship with the Lord. And before you knew it, I felt like Elijah. I know we read from Acts chapter 1 and 2. I know that we read regarding my namesake named Peter, but before Peter ever came along and called down fire, so to speak, from heaven, do you remember a guy named Elijah? First Kings chapter 18, he's the man of God calling down fire from heaven, defeating 450 false prophets of Baal. God is using him to say the the, the clouds, the heavens will not give rain for three and a half years. And then all of a sudden, okay, now the clouds will produce rain for the next three and a half years. All of a sudden, this Elijah, he's out running the horses and the chariots of Ahab. This guy's moving in the supernatural, from supernatural miracle to the next supernatural miracle to the next supernatural miracle. Don't mind me, I'm getting my steps in. I'm trying to multitask here. And then all of a sudden we shift into 1 Kings chapter 19 and Jezebel finds out uh, about what Elijah did and she puts a, a, a death, a, a death warrant out. She, she says, I'm going to kill him by this time tomorrow. All of a sudden this great man of fire, this great man of God, this great man of faith is on the run. He's disconnecting himself from his servant. He is now fleeing. He literally comes to the point of telling God, I just want to die. Let me die. And let me tell you, my name is not Elijah, but I certainly felt like Elijah in that season to the point that I just wanted to die. I didn't have suicidal tendencies, but I just thought, Lord, if you don't mind, I just want to go to sleep tonight. And can I just wake up on the other side of eternity only by your grace and by your mercy? Can I, can I, can I, can I? Anybody ever ask God for that? I'm just keeping it real. There I was in a season of my life where all of a sudden now, Pastor, I was going to the doctor several times trying to get on medication. You have to understand, I come from a family. I'm the seventh of eight children in my family. So I thank God that my parents didn't stop at number six. 
you have to understand that it's been in my family, even my mother and some of my siblings, that at different stages of their lives, they dealt with depression. And here I was finding myself now completely depressed. In fact, it was years later that I found out about what clinical depression really means and the top 10 symptoms. And I found that I had nine out of the 10 to the point that one night I thought I was literally having a heart attack. And somewhere around one or two in the morning, I was telling Mildred, Mildred, I think I'm having a heart attack. You're going to have to take me to the hospital. But how many thank God for a praying wife? Come on. How many thank God for a woman of God? I know I do. Thank you, Jesus, who said before we do that, let's pray. And she began to pray a prayer of faith. And let me tell you, all of a sudden, there was peace that came over my life, but it didn't end there. I still had to go through a season. And in that season, the Lord said, you're, you're acting like Elijah when you need to be more like Peter. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He says, Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter wasn't perfect. Peter, he, he messed up royally. He denied Jesus three times. After he told him, after he told him, you are Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. After he had told him, I am going to go to prison with you. He's, after he told him, I am going to die with you. After Peter told him, I, I'm your guy, I am your guy, all of a sudden, Jesus looks over at Peter in Luke 22 and he says, Simon, Simon, some Latinos think that Peter might have been Hispanic because they think he said, Simon, Simon. That's a Hispanic joke, forgive me. He was Jewish, he wasn't Hispanic. And he said, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. And the correlation there was not just Peter, but literally the disciples who were together with Peter following Jesus. And I love what Jesus told them. But I have prayed to the Father that your faith would remain. And when you turn back, meaning you're going to falter, you're going to fall, you may find yourself flat on your face, but when when you turn back, you're going to strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Anybody thankful that our God, come on, says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, according to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, where he always lives to make intercession for you and for me, meaning when we don't even feel like praying for ourselves, Jesus is praying for you. When you don't, you don't have the strength to pray, Holy Spirit is making intercession for you, according to Romans chapter 8, and his prayer is that Lord get them back up Lord pick her back up Lord we're going to get them back up and what is that called that's called revival come on when God restores you when God reawakens you when God lifts you back up that's revival and it's interesting that it was this Peter who is the one that encounters Jesus once again in John 21 there on the shore and he encounters Jesus in the context of community because it was John the beloved disciple who recognized it was Jesus on the shore and, and, and he said look it's him and, and I love that Peter wasn't trying to walk on water that time instead he was a naked fisherman he clothed himself he jumped into the water he said I don't care if this cloak is going to make it heavier for me 
I'm going to get to Jesus. Even if I'm not walking on water this time, I'm going to get to Jesus because I thought all hope was lost. I, I thought this was the end, but now I see the Messiah in my sight. And if I just get to him once again, I know that he can restore my life. Can I just encourage some Peters here in this place? Can I encourage some Petras here in this place? That's the ladies. Come on, somebody. That even if you have felt like an Elijah in the past where you feel like you're overcome by fear and overcome by confusion and by doubt and by anxiety and by panic and literally by depression, there is a God who is able to restore you. There is a God who is able to renew you. There is a God who is able to pick you back up. There is a God, listen closely, that what he does to you, he can then do through you because that's what he did with Peter. It was Peter that led the charge to go to the upper room. And listen, I know, I know, I know. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday last week. I know Pentecost Sunday this year is on June 5th. And somebody might say, don't you feel like you're a little ahead of time? No, I am not ahead of time because even Jesus said in John 4, 35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? But behold, I say to you, look up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for the harvest. Jesus was teaching his disciples, listen, we have no time to waste. There are lost souls out there that need to be brought into this place. We have no time to waste. There are people dying out there that need to be brought into life with Jesus Christ. There are people that are broken, that are wounded, that are sick, that are looking for hope in a hopeless world. And it's up to you and me to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ that will tell them if he did it for me, he can do it for you. He can restore you too. He can renew you too. He can lift you up too. In fact, that's what happened with Peter. I'm going to ask the worship team if you would please come so we could land this and get ready to respond to the word of the Lord with Peter. Somebody say Peter. He's the one that Jesus, by his sovereignty, had appointed back in Matthew 16. How many know that sometimes God, God will just, in his sovereignty, pick the guy that other people won't pick? Can we be real? And the reason why he'll, he'll pick that person is because even though people may not have picked that person, that person picked the Lord. Who do people say that I, the son of man, am? Matthew chapter 16. Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Isaiah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? Simon Barjona. Interestingly enough, the name Simon means to hear Bar means of. Jonah means dove. Simon Barjona is literally someone who has heard from the dove. Who is the dove in scripture? Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells him, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And then he says, and now I call you Peter. Now, now I call you Peter. And upon this 
rock referring to Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. I will build my church. And I've got great news for us. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Pastor Tom, I sense that as a prophetic utterance for people's church. That he picked you because you picked him. And he is reminding you I was the one that called you. I was the one that chose you. I was the one that named you. I was the one that in sovereignty placed you here. And he's giving you great news. He's saying, you're, 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 you're my partner. And, 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 and the whole people's church, you're my partner. And, 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 and we're going to build the church. And, and he's reminding us, it's his church. It's his church. I know, I know the church name is people's church because it's a church for all the peoples. I get that. I get that. But how many understand that this people's church belongs to Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church? That's not competing. That's completing. That's not contradicting. That's complementing. That's not frustrating. That's bringing the fulfillment that when we realize that it really is Christ's church, and Christ makes himself available for everyone who calls on his name. Everyone that calls upon in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now it goes and it, it gets extended from being that Christ church where he is the head to being the people's church that have turned to Jesus who is the head. And Peter goes to the, to the upper room with 120. It's a remnant group. I believe tonight you have a remnant here. I, I, I'm fully aware that you have, what, four services on Sunday in English, service in Spanish, five services. That's amazing. And here tonight, I believe there's a remnant. The 120, Jesus had appeared to 500 according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but it was just 120 that went to the upper room, and it, it was those 120 that went to the upper room to wait, to wait, to wait on the Lord. That's what we're doing here tonight. We're waiting on Abba Father. We're waiting on the promise that Jesus and the Father made. We're waiting on the promised Holy Spirit. We are all waiting for him to, to open heaven once again, pour out his spirit once again, fill his people once again. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And I love the fact that it was for all people and for all generations. That's why next Sunday is so huge. That's why next Sunday night is so huge. Do everything possible within your influence to bring as many youth and young adults here because what God is doing in the last days, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32, was the first time that God uttered it through a prophet. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, God uses Peter to reiterate what the prophet Joel had said that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Aren't you thankful? He says, all flesh. 
flesh. Come on, that means white flesh. Come on, brown flesh, red flesh, black flesh, yellow flesh, all flesh. He even says on my maidservants and on my men servants. What does that mean? Upon men and upon women. He says, I'm going to do it with the children. They're going to prophesy. I'm going to do it with the young people. They're going to see visions. I'm going to do it with the older people. They're going to have dreams. Don't you thank God that he's an all-inclusive God? He includes every generation. He includes every ethnic group. He includes both genders. He includes all of humanity that needs a savior needs a healer that needs a deliverer that needs a provider that needs a protector that needs one watch this who doesn't just say it but he shows it he's a God that confirms his word Mark chapter 16 verse 20 the word would be accompanied by miracle signs and wonders He's the God who, according to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, Jesus' witness was not only the actual preaching and teaching that he did and that which his apostles did, but the scripture says in Hebrews 2, 4, that literal signs, wonders, and miracles would be a witness. And I love what it says in Acts 2, verse 22. I think it's fitting because we're in the year 2022. And Acts 2, 22, you know what it says? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, accredited by God, approved by God through signs, wonders, and miracles. What does that mean? That means that not only is God telling all of humanity, draw closer to me, I can revive you, I can reawaken you, I can restore you, I can raise you up. He is also telling all of us, I can do miracles, I can do signs and wonders for your life, whatever you're going through personally, whatever you're going through in your marriage, whatever you're going through with your family, your children, whatever you're going through in your health, whatever you're going through in your wealth, or lack thereof, whatever you're encountering in your career, whatever you're going on, even in the church, even in your ministry, he says, I am going to confirm my word to you with miracles, with signs, and with wonders. And I got to tell you, between last night, we had two sessions with Casa de Adoración People's Church, and then this morning, three services, we're already receiving reports of men's shoulders that happen supernaturally, miraculously healed of others that experienced deliverance from oppression and depression others that got saved others that were reconciled to the Lord friends God's not just talking about it God is doing what he says he does and I believe tonight is no different would you stand with me would you stand I believe with every fiber of my being. And more important than the fiber of my being, I believe based on the authority of God's word. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that the Lord is saying, I want to bring revival and I want to bring it now. See, when Peter gets up, with the 11 and you represent the 11 he says this 
is that? You say, what do you mean by that? Joel had prophesied almost 900 years before that one of these days, one of these weeks, one of these months, one of these years, one of these decades, one of these centuries, heaven would open. God would pour out his Holy Spirit. Those that were hungry and thirsty for him of all flesh, of all nationalities and ethnicities, of both genders would be able to call on the name of the Lord, receive salvation, receive deliverance, receive his power in their lives. And I love that Peter says, we're no longer talking about it one of these days. It's no longer one of these weeks one of these months, one of these years, one of these decades, or one of these centuries. He says, hey guys, not a century later, not, 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 not in the future some decades from now, not, not, not in the future some years from now, not in the future some months from now. No, he says, guys, not even weeks from now. He says, literally, today, God is fulfilling the words he has spoken, the visions he has given, the dreams that he has given. And pastor, I sense from the Lord that the Lord is telling you and people's church, you have stepped into a new season. You have stepped into a new epoch. You have stepped into a new era in the spirit realm where God is saying the best days for people's church is not in the past. The best days for people's church is now coming to pass. I got to say it again. The best days for people's church is not in the past. The best days for people's church are coming to pass. God is about to fulfill prophecies. God is about to fulfill the visions he's given. God is about to fulfill the dreams that he's given. And pastor, get ready. You're going to see growth like you've never seen before. If on the day of Pentecost, they could grow from 120 to 3,000. And in Acts chapter 4, they grew to 5,000. And by the time you get to Acts chapter 17, they were accused for turning the world upside down. If God could do that then, imagine what he can do right now. I'm believing with you. You're about to see the greatest move of God that you have ever experienced in the history of people's church. I'm telling you, get ready. This is your season. I'm telling you, get ready. This is your day. I'm telling you, get ready. It's time for revival. Now, if you believe it, give them praise. If you believe it, give them glory. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.